0: Welcome to the Debbie Big Board, part of the Rookie Big Board Network. I'm your host, Skip Newton. Joining me is my co-host, Matt Cooper. Matt, we're back after a couple of weeks off together, and it's been a bit of a scheduling nightmare. I don't know about you, (laughs) but I think 100% of the blame goes on Dwight, right? I mean, it's all (laughs) Dwight's fault. It's always easy to
1: blame the guy who's not here, but uh, it's good to be back. It's been a busy couple of weeks here as I've been in ju- adjusting to the mission trip schedule, but uh, glad we could find some time to do a podcast together. This is fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I started thinking about this today and the summer always goes by so quickly. I, I think it, it feels faster for those of us living in the upper Midwest, up here in Minnesota, where the weather doesn't get this nice for very long, so it seems to just, race on by but we're already middle of June and it's not all that long before all of a sudden we're going to start getting camp reports from college football teams and we're going to have some some real action to talk about I'm getting pretty excited for that actually
1: yeah absolutely it's the off season flies by these June and July months typically well June really feels pretty slow I think It's probably about the only slow month of the year in Dynasty, because after the season ends, you know, you get the Combine and Senior Bowl and all all this kind of stuff. And really, June is kind of the lull. And then July, you start to get uh, some more action heading into August and the football season starts right back again. So we're coming out of the dead zone. It feels good.
0: Exactly. The football abyss, as it has been called around these parts. Well, for today, we are going to be discussing risers and fallers in value for Debbie Prospects. These are players at each position, and we feel will either increase or decrease in value by the season's end. But before we get into today's show, I want to talk about the ridiculous value of being a Rookie Big Board patron. RBB patrons have access to the Dynasty plus Debbie Big Board and Consensus Crew rankings, the 2024 Rookie Big Board. 2023 seasonal projections and of course the rbb discord you can join our growing community at patreon.com slash rookie big board for just three dollars a month or save 15 percent with an annual subscription that is just 30 dollars which is cheaper than one ticket to the river cruise dinner i'm planning for my wife and me on our anniversary trip to boston at the end of july so Congratulations, Easy. man. Oh, man. 20, 25 years it's going to be. Wow. So. That's an accomplishment, man. Yeah. That's do amazing. It, doing something a little more than than your standard, you know, anniversary celebration. So I actually for... just
1: booked a cruise for December for our 10 year anniversary. So,
0: oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, a, straight, like a night cruise in boston right just you know we're dinner and you kind of cruise around you know i was looking online at oh at TripAdvisor, so nothing <laughs>
1: looks like an actual like yeah, multiple right? day yeah. Cruise,
0: which <laughs> we
1: only do that every couple of years i mean that's something that we don't get to do very often so we're really looking forward to that
0: awesome yeah that, that i look forward to hearing about that i got some friends they love the disney cruises and they tell me how great they are and i'm just i'm not a boat guy but you know for a a little one like this, you know, just for a few hours, I'll be fine. But <laughs> man, I went deep sea fishing once, once, and it was no bueno. <laughs> it did not, not go well for this, for this guy. Yikes. Let's, uh let's get into this. Do you have any, any risers, any, any quarterbacks specifically that you feel are going to move up in value this season? I think it's easy to pull from the year that's about to
1: get drafted because there probably will be somebody that, Rises to the top from from this year. That's kind of a, a dark horse. Think of you know Kenny Pickett a couple of years ago. Um, you know Will Levis. Even though neither of us is a huge fan of Will Levis, it's like once he gets that first round draft capital, <laughs> except he didn't. But early second still. Anyway, I digress. But the point is, there's always usually somebody that rises to the surface during their draft eligible season, and. um I think some guy, two guys in particular that I think have a chance to be that guy for this year. One is KJ Jefferson. He's got all the measurables that you're looking for or that the NFL is looking for at least. And so he's a dark horse to get that first round draft capital. He's got great sec production. And then Riley Leonard is another one that's kind of flying under the radar at Duke. He's got great mobility and athleticism. He's got the arm strength to make all the throws and looked really good last year. So put together another big year in the ACC. He could be a name that's rising up draft boards. So those are just kind of some dark horse 2024 guys that I think um, probably even go undrafted in a lot of Debbie leagues that you could take a flyer on with your last pick. And at this time next year, you could be looking at them in a lot of depleted drafts as being first rounders.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. You know, I, I actually like that you didn't write these down on the show sheet, so I'm over here guessing. So where's he going to go with this? And the name the name Sorry. I thought you were going to say was Michael Penix Jr. at Washington. Yeah, he
1: fits that category as well. There's a lot of these guys.
0: Dwight's got guy, Bo Nix. Uh... Uh, yeah, Bo Nix, right. We can't talk about but... Debbie quarterbacks and not talk about Bo Nix. It's only been, what, year seven or eight of his career. So... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. I, yeah, I, I, I agree exactly with the, with the strategy there. Like you're right. Somebody always steps up that maybe wasn't really getting first round, you know, buzz and then seems to gain that steam as the season goes on. And then who knows how it actually plays out, but, but yeah, there there will be somebody for sure. I I put two names down. Whoever wins the Alabama job, whoever wins the Ohio state job
1: would fit this category for sure. Right.
0: Those are, those are obvious ones, but I'm glad you brought those up too. Right. Those two, those are two big time, you know, programs. They've got high rated, highly rated prospects. So right. Whoever wins those jobs, their value is going to increase. And depending on how you feel about them, if you happen to have one of them on your roster, Mm -hmm. That might be the time to, to say, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my win now and see what I can get for for one of these guys while their value is high. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good strategy, especially again if you're maybe not the highest on them anymore, and you just you just want to get something while the while the getting is good, as they as they say. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of guys that I wrote down, uh, Quinn Ewers in Texas is a name where I, I feel like, you know, obviously when he first came out he was the number one overall rated prospect and everyone was excited about him. And, and we knew he was going to sit for a year, which he did. He transfers, he gets in some, sometimes looked pretty good. Sometimes did not look quite so good, dealt with some injuries. And it feels like, boy, people have really started to go down on him. And I think they, they, they even went down on him more once Arch Manning committed to Texas. Yeah. Hmm. And, and I keep thinking to myself, well, that doesn't really make Quinn Ewers, a worse prospect i mean right you know he's still whatever prospect he's going to be i I don't think that's going to matter it it might put him more at risk of getting benched if he's not playing well but if he's not playing well then that kind of tells you all that you know about him as a prospect so i just feel like you know with him sitting a year and transferring maybe maybe our expectations were a little too high last year i I read Mm -hmm. a report today apparently he's He's really taking his workout regimen seriously and his diet seriously. So he's, he's trimming maybe that excess fat and putting on some, some leaner muscle. So he's, he's at least taking that part of his preparation seriously. And, you know, he he's got still the talent around him. I mean, yeah, he mm-hmm. lost a couple of running backs to the NFL, but you know, they're replacing those. So I, I'm not worried there, but you know, worthy at wide receiver Jada. Uh, I, yeah. on blew it running back, but, Jutamian Sanders at, at tight end mm-hmm. I really like and then John T. Template, cook yes yeah. cook is, is a one Not of the highest receiver prospects so I feel like everything's kind of set up for him to, to come out and say okay this is why I was highly rated so I I'm yeah. I'm still a believer in yours my, my you st- know the the, although, the only argument against that is
1: things were set up for him that way last year too and he just looked rough even against big 12 competition which we all know that that conference isn't known for its defense fence um but so I, i think he's one of those guys that it could go either way like he could be at the end of this year he could be somebody that we're talking about as a first round nfl draft pick that's very much within the range of outcomes but he could also be like it could be a dju scenario where by the end of the year the fans are screaming to see arch manning on the field and he's getting benched in blowouts and you know having a you know In a place where the NFL doesn't want him and Texas doesn't want him anymore. So, at the end of the year, he has to transfer. And that's kind of worst-case scenario. But it could really go either way for you or so. It really just depends. But he had a good spring game. Like you said, all the weapons around him are fantastic. So, everything, like you said, it's set up to where he could have a really big year. And uh, it just depends how much you like him as a prospect and how much you believe in the higher range of outcomes,
0: what's your risk tolerance. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and and this will be an interesting fall season, I think, for a lot of quarterbacks, just because you know, outside Caleb Williams and Drake May, the the top two, just a bunch of question marks. So you're really kind of, you know, like Mm -hmm. you said, analyzing your your ability to to handle risk and you know, going for the guys that you like. The next guy I like is you know a true freshman Dante Moore at UCLA. I'm very Mm -hmm. high on him, and it it sounds like he he might. You know, he actually have a legitimate shot to get the starting job there as a true freshman, which could immediately increase his value. You know, right now you've got you've got a nice you know nucleus of incoming freshmen at quarterback. You know, with Iamaleva at Tennessee, you've met, you got Manning. We talked about Malachi Nelson at USC, who of course isn't going to play, barring you know right. something really negative happening there, and. Dante Moore is kind of the guy just sitting there like, you know what? He might end up playing. And Mm -hmm. I like that as a, as an opportunity for him. So I, I put him on my, my riser list.
1: Yeah. I think you play and you play in the pac 12, which is another conference, not known for its defense and you play well. And all of a sudden, yeah, he could definitely be a riser and he's the best freshman, at least as far as opportunity to start right away. And, you and I both agree like he's the best freshman period. Like we have him as our number one in the class and I just have loved what I've seen out of him in terms of intangibles and leadership and reading the defense, getting the ball out quickly, quick release. You know, he just, he looks very, very poised for a young man. So I'm excited to see if he can win that job right away as a freshman or at some point during his freshman season. And, Excited to see what the future holds for him. It's not like UCLA is known for cranking out pro quarterbacks, but Chip Kelly's done it before, and
0: yeah, we'll see. Should be really yep. good. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into to running backs. Who, who do you have on your running back riser list, if anyone?
1: You know, I see that you have Donovan Edwards on your list, and I think I agree with that one. I, I was disappointed to see that Corum came back. Cause I was really looking forward to seeing Donovan Edwards get his shot at being the lead guy in the backfield. So we'll see how that kind of gets split up, but he definitely showed significant improvement in my mind from his freshman to his sophomore seasons, uh, especially as a runner between the tackles. He showed good, uh, good cutting ability at times, good vision, um, definitely good explosiveness and acceleration so he needs to work on his contact balance. Uh, I would like to see him improve like second level vision and creativity in space, but certainly he has the the profile in terms of the receiving work combined with his size and that little bit of explosiveness as a runner where he could be somebody that the NFL really, really likes a lot. And so he would have been my top riser. Like no question if Blake Coram was gone, I'm a little worried we'll see more of the same, but you know, well, I I'm curious to see how it works out because you can't keep a guy like Corum off the field, but at the same time, Edwards has improved and he's waited his turn and he's earned his stripes, and so he ne- he should be more involved. And I do think he's an NFL caliber back, so I like that pick for a riser.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that's why I put him down. And you know, a story came out; it sounded like he was playing with a fairly significant injury last season. So you know, maybe that was part of really? what was holding him back a little. But yeah, okay, obviously I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Corum Corum coming back is not ideal. So you, you're kind of hoping on the fact that maybe they do more of a 50, 50 split. And then that, that should get him, I think, enough touches where we can see you know, where he's at. The, the other guy I put down was Trevor Etienne at Florida. And the more I watch him, the more I'm, I'm really intrigued with his, his abilities. You know, he has a lot of the 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 footwork and the elusiveness the 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 shifty you know quick kind of twitch stuff that that I really mm-hmm. like in running backs and while he's short at about 59 which means he's probably closer to 58 given how people seem to measure it in college he's he's in there at 218 so even if they're fudging that a little bit fine so he's 212 213 i mean in and, and when you look at him he looks you know he doesn't look thin. So I'm I'm kind of buying that that the weight is is fairly close to legit. And again, another guy where the, the more I watched him, the more I liked him. So I can see mm. you know ETN you know picking up on what was already a, a pretty good first season. And and I, I like him you know moving forward this year. I'll throw out a couple more names. One is Trey Benson at Florida State, who I think has
1: an opportunity to be the bell cow there and really get some attention. He's got the ideal size that you're looking at at the position and some good shiftiness and juice for being that size. So I think he's someone that could rise here uh, in his draft eligible season. And then one other guy, this is not like a sleeper by any means, Quinshawn Judkins. I think a lot of people are going to be like, wait a minute, he's already a first round pick. Uh, but I'm typically seeing him go like 110 to 112 and i I think he belongs kind of up in that tier with like Singleton, Henderson, Sanders. I think he's just as good as those guys. I think he's got everything that you're looking for in terms of, you know, he's, he was clocked at like 22 miles an hour, I think on a breakaway run. So he's got the speed, he's got the ideal size. He showed some, I mean, he didn't, he had like 13 catches I think. So it wasn't crazy, but he showed the ability to catch the ball when it was thrown to him. So I think you could make the case he had a better freshman season than Nick Singleton did, but people are still drafting Singleton ahead of him because of, you know, recruiting pedigree and, and these types of things. But, you know, k Allen's not going anywhere, and Zach Evans is gone. And I think Judkins could just show that, like, man, this wasn't a fluke. This was legit. I'm a stud. I can do everything. His pass catching responsibilities could increase. Like this could be a guy that by the end of the year, we're saying we should have taken him more seriously based on what he did as a true freshman.
0: Yeah, it's it's really hard to to get better on a on a fifteen hundred yard season with sixteen touchdowns, you know, when he caught fifteen passes and another score. But mm-hmm. right, he, he he backs that up and does it again. And yeah, exactly. And, and I think people are gonna really fall fall in love with him, and then and then what'll happen, as is typically the case. His people will find reasons to move him down. Once he does it again, his his junior and, and declares himself, then people start getting nitpicky, and, and we get you know mm-hmm. Debbie prospect you know fatigue because he's always been <laughs> at, at the high you right. know top end of the the list ever since his bust out freshman season a, a year ago. But yeah, I I love Judkins too. Uh, wide receivers, I only got one name, so I'm going to throw mine out first and let you go second, and that's Troy Franklin at Oregon, and you know he. He has, you know, the, the, the QB QB one for, for Dwight throwing to him. So, you know, Nick, so that helps, but I, I just, you know, he's a, he's a big body and it doesn't seem like people really get all that excited about what he was able to do last season. He, and he had, you know, great you know, pedigree coming in as far as you know recruiting stuff. I, I like him more and more. And I think, the NFL is going to like him a lot. And he's one of those guys where I start looking at my, my Debbie rosters and I kind of start shaking my head because he's in this, this tier of wide receivers that that's fairly big for me. Um, You know, just going to throw out some names here of some guys like, like Antoine Williams at Clemson. You've got uh, Barry Brown at, at Kentucky, just, just a couple of names. And it seems like his name is always in there with those. And for some reason I didn't end up with, with any Franklin. And I think, you know, not a full year from now, but come end of the season, as we start thinking about the the 2024 draft, I'm going to look back and be like, man, this guy could be a first round pick. And I, I didn't take advantage of the fact that I really did like him as a college prospect. So I'm, I might regret that.
1: Yeah. So there's a number of names that I could throw out here. I mean, it would be easy to pick, on some of these highly touted freshmen, five-star guys that um, that could have an opportunity right away, like a Jonte Cook, who we mentioned earlier. But I'm actually going to say Evan Stewart, who um, I'm a huge fan of. I, we've talked about him on the podcast before, but in the same way that you know last year at this time we were seeing Marvin Harrison Jr. go in the second round of Debbie drafts, and now that just looks crazy because he's the Debbie wide receiver one. I think we could be looking at Evan Stewart similarly. Now he doesn't have the size and I don't, I'm not saying that like at the end of this year, he's going to be viewed the way Harrison is in terms of being like a lock to be a top 10 NFL draft pick and, and all that kind of stuff. Cause he's not six foot four and <laughs> you know, it Marvin Harrison jr has everything, but I think just in the way that like, man, we had these other guys, we had JSN and Boutte and some of these guys that were going ahead of Marvin Harrison jr. I think once this 2024 class comes out you're going to be looking at Evan Stewart as the Debbie wide receiver one and right now you can get him in the second round in most drafts and I would take him as high as like 109 108 in that range I actually have him above Ibuka Um, so I have him right up there kind of with those tier one running backs and Bowers and then Stewart, like right after that at the end of the first round. So I I think he's being slept on a little bit. I still see people taking burden ahead of him. I don't understand that at all. I think Stewart showed so much more as a freshman. He just was elite in terms of earning targets, creating separation, and you can stack his yards per team pass attempt, yards per route run. Like all of his analytics from his freshman year, you can stack them up against – garrett wilson and drake london and all these stars that we've seen blow up in the nfl recently and stewart hangs with those guys in terms of freshman season production so i love the guy i think he's a little bit underrated right now and i think at this time next year he's probably going to be a top five debbie pick
0: yeah. I, I, he's my number one in, in that class at 2025 class. And I don't know why people aren't more excited about a guy that caught 53, you know, receptions in, in 10 games. I mean, those, those are really good true freshman numbers and mm-hmm. yeah, the yards per reception at 12.2 isn't fantastic. The touchdowns just two, but you know, that can be a, a product of the offense and the system, you know, it, we'll see how this plays out, but I think people should be more excited. I think the the sharps out there in our Debbie world have been gobbling up Evan Stewart because they they love him and they see the talent. And I and I agree with you. I think I think he's gonna be the the clear cut number one wide receiver in this class. Tight ends, yeah, I talked about it the last time I was on by myself. I said just don't do it. But (laughs) you know what's gonna happen in in the tough part is predicting it specifically, but here's what's gonna happen. There's gonna be a handful of names of guys that we're not talking about right now. And all of a sudden they're eligible 2024 and they're gonna get day two day two buzz. And you know, everyone knows about Brock Bowers, everyone knows about Jatavian Sanders. It's the next bunch of guys, you know, it could be it could be maybe trig. We got excited about him, but he hasn't really Mm. produced, but who knows? I mean, the Jake Brent from Clemson might be that guy. I mean, it could be, you know, an Austin Stogner from Oklahoma for all we know. Elijah Arroyo is a, is a talented athletic tight end that I've been high on, but just haven't seen, you know, the production wise, but somebody will step up at tight end, which just solidifies my argument two weeks ago. And that's don't, throw the dart blind just unless it's a lock stud like Bowers ignore it but that's that's my philosophy do you have anyone at tight end as a riser
1: I agree with the philosophy I think just wait till your depleted draft um I mean Kincaid was available in every depleted draft that I did this year um Laporta was available in every depleted draft that I did this year Musgrave was available in every depleted draft so you know just wait for that like I mean, if you want to throw a dart with your last pick, you could, but I think there's better ways to even spend that last pick. Uh, go get like a KJ Jefferson or something like that instead. So I, I agree with your philosophy. I think Brenningstool is a good name to drop in there because Davis Allen was standing in, in his way and he's gone now, and so he could have kind of a breakout season at Clemson. It's not like there's a ton of other weapons uh, in that offense, but it's, just, it's hard to predict tight end. It really is. I feel like I would be doing an injustice by sitting here trying to pick out a guy and telling you to draft him. I, I just, I wouldn't if it was me. So, um, if I was going to chase it at all, I'm looking for elite athleticism because I think people are going to get really excited when they go to the combine and there's that like 10 out of 10 RAS or whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, um, like Zach Koontz this year, people were drafting Zach Koontz because of his RAS, so I don't, if I was going to go for a tight end, I might go for a guy like Trigg because of the elite athleticism. But in reality, I'm just, I'm not drafting any of these guys. So I'm not going to tell you to do it either.
0: Yep. I, I agree. All right. Enough on tight ends. We will discuss Debbie Fowler's in a minute, but first I want to make sure, you know, that the rookie big board is now partnered with underdog fantasy football. This is the best app for fantasy contests. You can join drafts for just $3 and gain a real understanding of seasonal ADP ADP trends. It's like mock drafting, but with something on the line. The entire RBB crew is drafting on underdog daily. You can join us by using the promo code RBB. It will get you a hundred percent match on your first deposit and it will help us grow. So check that out. All right. Fallers quarterback. Who do you have as a, quarterback Debbie
1: faller. I am going to take a pretty hot take here. I'm going to say Drake may it's my bold take. And I think that this could blow up in my face. Cause I could very easily see him still being talked about as the number two guy and still being talked about as a top 10 draft pick, but he just lost Josh downs. He's just got a new offense coordinator the strength of schedule last year was terrible he looked bad at the end of the year playing against actual decent college defenses and so i think that if may is not able to repeat the video game numbers that he put up last year people could start to just i don't know like i don't think he's gonna fall drastically i don't think he's gonna be like a fifth round pick like Sam Howell was or anything like that. But I just don't think he's proven as much as people think that he's proven. And so if at the end of the year, he's like not a first round draft pick or he's not the number two quarterback in the class, like that's not going to shock me. So, um, I like it. It, I'll make people mad. I'll make people mad and say Drake may, and I'm an NC state grad. So everybody's just going to call me a hater, but
0: Uh, well, and, And the thing is, if you decide to trade him now, you know, you have him on your Debbie roster, you trade Jake May, you're probably going to get pretty high value for him. And the only way that that proves out to be a a losing move is if he, you know, maintains his, you know, high prospect level and, and does get, you know, high draft capital next year. But, Mm -hmm. you know, any other scenario where he falls, you know, just a little bit, even like Levis. Then you probably you probably traded it at, at peak value, so I don't, I don't think people yeah. are gonna necessarily regret it, especially you know depending on what they get.
1: And I will say, if I'm trading Drake May, I'm trading Drake May for proven NFL production. I'm not gonna send him for like a package of lesser devi assets. That's not good process, and he does have a better chance at being a top ten pick at the most valuable position than anybody else not named Caleb Williams. So if you have him you have a very valuable asset and I would try to get a proven NFL quarterback and something else on top like get you can you go get like a Tua plus maybe in some leagues you probably can because the hype on Drake May is just that ridiculous can you go you know I've, I've seen people tweeting like oh drake may would be the number one quarterback in this draft class so can you go get bryce young or cj stroud for drake may straight up like they already have the first round draft capital i would do that in a heartbeat
0: oh for sure So, those are
1: moves that you need to explore and um i think when you have a debbie guy that people are viewing as a sure thing and it's not a sure thing you at least need to shop him and see what kind of offers that you can get. Now in a sharp league, you may not be able to get a trade done like the ones that I just mentioned, but it's at least worth exploring because there's a lot of hype around his name right
0: now. Yes. And and it only takes one, one person in your league to love that prospect. And, and you'd be surprised what you could get. And you know, I'm going to, I'm going to tangent on this a little bit just to talk about, you know, trade strategy, because you, you brought mm-hmm. it up and you know, for me, it's, it's, it's a couple different things, but they're tied together. You know, if, if I'm looking at a, a strong, you know, NFL competitive roster, then, then yeah, if I've got a, a good Debbie prospect, I'm, I'm going to try to move them for somebody that can help me win right now. Mm-hmm. That that's the only way I'm making that move. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do like, like you warned against, I don't want to trade them for, you know, multiple Debbie prospects that none of them are rated as high. I, No, I want I want someone that's going to help me win now because I'm competitive on the flip side. I'm sitting on an NFL roster that's got, you know, maybe a couple of aging, good players, but I'm not competitive. You know, you know, maybe I'm sitting there with a with a Chris Godwin and it's Mm -hmm. like, well, he's still good. he's still got some value, but man, I'm not competitive this year. Now I'm going to try to get that that top Debbie prospect from a, a team that's competitive and could use a, a good wide receiver, you know, again, mm-hmm. look at the, look at the rosters and try to find something that, that you think would at least make sense, you know, for the other person in the, in the trade. So that's, that's what I like to do when I'm, when I'm trading in, in Debbie, you know, sometimes you're successful, sometimes you're not, but yeah, I think that's, that's the way to go. My follower, drew aller Penn state. I feel like he's, he's already so high up there in people's rankings that people are just assuming that he is going to be a, a slam dunk hit. And I kind of feel like at, at at his current value, he almost has to be a a true stud or, or he's going to drop. And Mm -hmm. I, I think there's a, there's a, you know, a better than decent chance that 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 it happens. It doesn't mean that he's going to be terrible. It doesn't mean he's not going to win a bunch of games with Penn State. But maybe he just doesn't put up the kind of numbers, or he, he doesn't, you know, showcase the the attributes that we're looking for as far as you know, will it translate to the NFL. And mm-hmm. with, with a guy that highly highly rated in people's Debbie rankings, I'm I'm willing to move him if I've got him because again, I, who knows what's going to happen. And he's got two years before, you know, he can, he can make himself eligible. So yeah, I'm right. I'm ready and to, Unlike, I, I'm worried about his, his value this season. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't really kick some butt. And
1: unlike some of the other conferences we've talked about, he is in a conference that is known for playing really tough, really tough defense. And he's got like nothing in terms of pass catchers on his team. So they're going to be, you, you would think with Singleton and Catron Allen, they would be a run heavy team, And, uh, yeah, I I don't see him putting up, like, monster numbers either. Um, Now, sometimes you don't need to put up monster numbers. Like, Will Levis was objectively awful as a college quarterback and somehow still almost went in the first round of the NFL draft. So if you've got the traits, some of that can be looked past. But, yeah, I don't see him going out there like C.J. Stroud – style and like lighting the world on fire that's not who penn state is that's not who his receiver room is that's like that's not how their team's built so yeah he's a borderline first round Debbie pick right now i think that's a solid you know, at least inquire and see what you could get for him
0: all right any running back fallers? i've got one guy um i don't have a specific one
1: that like jumps off the page to me. Maybe Will Shipley, I've never been a huge believer in in Will Shipley. So I think he's kind of still being drafted decently high based off of like recruiting pedigree. I just don't think he's that good. I think when we when draft cycle comes around and everybody starts picking him apart, I think he's going to be somebody that that falls for a lot of people.
0: My my guy and I'm I'm going to get a big shake of the head from from Hicks on this one is Braylon Allen. Uh, <laughs> he, he hits his number one running back. So see his value can drop, but I, I I'm just concerned um, that maybe the, the footwork isn't quite there and he's a big guy and he can run ahead fast. I, I do think there are times when he does negotiate fairly well in a crowd, but I don't know if he has the lateral movement to, to be that guy in, in the NFL. Um I could be wrong. I, I just man, he's he's big. I, I like the size, but he might be too big. You know, 6'2, 238. If he's the next Derrick Henry, then so be it. I'll I'll be I'll be saying I'm wrong. But his value, like I said, he's Mad Hicks is number one running back. Wow. So I, I think didn't know there's that. a there's a uh there's an opportunity for him to drop and I, I think Braylon Allen that could happen. At wide receiver, I am going to throw mine out here just really quick. Bo Collins, uh, Clemson. I really like Antonio Williams, and Adam Randall is coming off injury. And I, I don't know who's going to be the odd man out. I don't, I don't think there'll be three guys at, at the end of the season we're going to love, and we're going to love. So I am worried about Bo Collins, but that might be a little hot take too. I think a lot of people like Collins, but I am, I am more more down on him than others. So that's that's my call with. Him the wide receiver dropping in value.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I I don't want really anything to do with Bo Collins right now. I'll throw in another name. So my hot take for this is going to be Luther Burden. I think he's still kind of living off the fumes of a five-star recruiting ranking. He didn't transfer. He's in the same awful situation he was in last year where he really struggled to produce. Um, People are going off this like year one, zero thing where he checked like eight of the nine boxes. And most of those were like punt returns and kick returns and rushing touchdowns. So he's like this gadgety player right now. That's not developed as a route runner or receiver at all. And, you know, he's going to have to show tremendous improvement as a pure wide receiver this year for me to take him really seriously as a future NFL stud at the position and if that doesn't happen, I think he could fall pretty far. Like if it's more the same from what we saw last year, you know, I I think right now he's still being taken in a lot of places as a borderline first round pick, and that's much higher than I'm comfortable with given what he showed as a wide receiver as a freshman. Um, there's maybe a couple other names I could mention, but we're running out of time here. So we'll save it for another show, I guess.
0: All right, so, sounds good, and and I think we covered it earlier, but we're we're done with tight end talk for this episode, so <laughs> n- nobody there. But you know, thank you first, Matt. G- glad we could could work this out. Great to chat with you again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, everyone. If you have not done this already, please do us a favor and leave a five star review on whichever podcast app you are using. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss out on any of the RBB action. Have a fantastic week. Take care, everyone.